story seventeen of life's little ironies by thomas hardy this librivox recording is in the public domain story seventeen incident in the life of mr george crookhill one day the registrar continued georgie was ambling out of melchester on a miserable screw the fair being just over when he saw in front of him a fine-looking young farmer riding out of the town in the same direction he was mounted on a good strong handsome animal worth fifty guineas if worth a crown when they were going up bissett hill georgie made it his business to overtake the young farmer they passed the time of day to one another georgie spoke of the state of the roads and jogged alongside the well-mounted stranger in very friendly conversation the farmer had not been inclined to say much to georgie at first but by degrees he grew quite affable too as friendly as georgie was toward him he told crookle that he had been doing business at melchester fair and was going on as far as shottsford forum that night so as to reach casterbridge market the next day when they came to woodyates inn they stopped to bait their horses and agreed to drink together with this they got more friendly than ever and on they went again before they had nearly reached shottsford it came on to rain and as they were now passing through the village of trantridge and it was quite dark georgie persuaded the young farmer to go no further that night the rain would most likely give him a chill for his part he had heard that the little inn here was comfortable and he meant to stay at last the young farmer agreed to put up there also and they dismounted and entered and had a good supper together and talked over their affairs like men who had known improved each other over a long time when it was the hour for retiring they went upstairs to a double-bedded room which georgie crookle had asked the landlord to let them share so sociable were they before they fell asleep they talked across the room about one thing and another running from this to that till the conversation turned upon disguises and changing clothes for particular ends the farmer told georgie that he had often heard tales of people doing it but crookle professed to be very ignorant of all such tricks and soon the young farmer sank into slumber early in the morning while the tall young farmer was still asleep i tell the story as twas told me honest georgie crept out of his bed by stealth and dressed himself in the farmer's clothes in the pockets of the said clothes being the farmer's money now though georgie particularly wanted the farmer's nice clothes and nice horse owing to a little transaction at the fair which made it desirable that he should not be too easily recognized his desires had their bounds he did not wish to take his young friend's money at any rate more of it than was necessary for paying his bill this he abstracted and leaving the farmer's purse containing the rest on the bedroom table went downstairs the inn folks had not particularly noticed the faces of their customers and the one or two who were up at this hour had no thought but that georgie was the farmer so when he had paid the bill very liberally and said he must be off no objection was made to his getting the farmer's horse saddled for himself and he rode away upon it as if it were his own about half an hour after the young farmer awoke and looking across the room saw that his friend georgie had gone away in clothes which didn't belong to him and had kindly left for himself the seedy ones worn by georgie at this he sat up in a deep thought for some time instead of hastening to give an alarm 
the money the money is gone he said to himself and that's bad but so are the clothes he then looked upon the table and saw that the money or most of it had been left behind ha 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 he cried and began to dance about the room ha 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 he said again and made beautiful smiles to himself in the shaving-glass and in the brass candlestick and then swung about his arms for all the world as if he were going through the sword exercise when he had dressed himself in georgie's clothes and gone downstairs he did not seem to mind at all that they took him for the other and even when he saw that he had been left a bad horse for a good one he was not inclined to cry out they told him his friend had paid the bill at which he seemed much pleased and without waiting for breakfast he mounted georgie's horse and rode away likewise choosing the nearest by-lane in preference to the high-road without knowing that georgie had chosen that by-lane also he had not trotted more than two miles in the personal character of georgie crookle when suddenly rounding a bend that the lane made thereabout he came upon a man struggling in the hands of two village constables it was his friend georgie the borrower of his clothes and horse but so far was the young farmer from showing any alacrity in rushing forward to claim his property that he would have turned the poor beast he rode into the wood adjoining if he had not been already perceived help 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 cried the constables assistance in the name of the crown the young farmer could do nothing but ride forward what's the matter he inquired as coolly as he could a deserter a deserter said they one who's to be tried by court-martial and shot without parley he deserted from the dragoons at cheltenham some days ago and was tracked but the search-party can't find him anywhere and we told him if we met him we'd hand him on to them forthwith the day after he left the barracks the rascal met a respectable farmer and made him drunk at an inn and told him what a fine soldier he would make and coaxed him to change clothes to see how well a military uniform would become him this the simple farmer did when our deserter said that for a joke he would leave the room and go to the landlady to see if she should know him in that dress he never came back and farmer jollis found himself in soldier's clothes the money in his pockets gone and when he got to the stable his horse gone too a scoundrel says the young man in georgie's clothes and is this the wretched caitiff pointing to georgie no no cries georgie as innocent as a babe of this matter of the soldier's desertion he's the man he was wearing farmer jollice's suit o clothes and he slept in the same room with me and brought up the subject of changing clothes which put it into my head to dress myself in his suit before he was awake he got on mine do you hear the villain groans the tall young man to the constables trying to get out of his crime by charging the first innocent man with it that he sees no master soldier that won't do no no that won't do the constables chimed in to have the impudence to say such as that when we caught him in the act almost but thank god we've got the handcuffs on him at last we have thank god said the tall young man well i must move on good luck to ye with your prisoner and off he went as fast as his poor jade could carry him the constables then with georgie handcuffed between em and leading the horse marched off in the other direction toward the village where they had been accosted by the escort of soldiers sent to bring the deserter back 
georgie groaning i shall be shot i shall be shot they had not gone more than a mile before they met them hoy there says the head constable hoy yourself says the corporal in charge we've got your man says the constable where says the corporal here between us said the constable only you don't recognize him out of uniform the corporal looked at georgie hard enough then shook his head and said he was not the absconder but the absconder changed clothes with farmer jollice and took his horse and this man has him do you see tis not our man said the soldiers he's a tall young fellow with a mole on his right cheek and a military bearing which this man decidedly has not i told the two officers of justice that twas the other pleaded georgie but they wouldn't believe me and so it became clear that the missing dragoon was the tall young farmer and not georgie crookle a fact which farmer jollice himself corroborated when he arrived on the scene as georgie had only robbed the robber his sentence was comparatively light the deserter from the dragoons was never traced his double shift of clothing having been of the greatest advantage to him in getting off though he left georgie's horse behind him a few miles ahead having found the poor creature more hindrance than aid the man from abroad seemed to be less interested in the questionable characters of longpuddle and their strange adventures than in the ordinary inhabitants and the ordinary events though his local fellow-travellers preferred the former as subjects of discussion he now for the first time asked concerning young persons of the opposite sex or rather those that had been young when he left his native land his informants adhering to their own opinion that the remarkable was better worth telling than the ordinary would not allow him to dwell upon the simple chronicles of those who had merely come and gone they asked him if he remembered nettie sargent nettie sargent i do just remember her she was a young woman living with her uncle when i left if my childish recollection may be trusted that was the maid she was a one-year if you like sir not any harm in her you know but up to everything you ought to hear how she got the copyhold of her house extended oughtn't he mr day mm, he ought replied the world-ignored old painter tell him mr day nobody can do it better than you and you know the legal part better than some of us day apologized and began End of story seventeen